Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standing and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means I am getting ready for Saturday's preseason game at Kansas City. I won't be going, but I will be watching and I will be uh, excited to hear the takeaways from that game with our guest today, our friend Matt Paris of the Washington Times, who's going to help me. I wouldn't call this a preview for the game because, you know, I don't really care about the game, but things to consider, things to watch in state of the team as they're done with uh, this week of training camp. Uh, Matthew, how how are you since I saw you oh. last? <laughs> I'm all right. Still in Ashburn. Uh, I'm doing this podcast from uh, Bonds and Noble, so apologies to the people around me. I probably should have gone outside. Right. I like to apologize to the people who aren't who 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 won't be hearing you essentially. I won't be hearing this, but they'll just be like, Wait, "Why is this guy? Who's this guy talking to?" But we'll hope for we'll we'll hope for the best. Um, yeah, so we're done another week of training camp. The fans are this was the today was the last day on Thursday, last day for fans. We're still back out there next week after the game for a few days, and then it gets into sort of regular season mode, which is a reminder that we're getting a little bit closer to uh, to the end here, and uh, you know to, to the start of the season, and there's a lot to get into. Uh, I would get into the Manti Teo documentary, but Matt hasn't seen it yet. I just re- recommend anybody who's interested, even if you're not interested, I'm telling you, go watch this thing. Absolutely a bonkers story. We can talk about it. I'll give, I'll maybe next week we'll go into some detail. Um, there was also big news today in the league, Matt, about the Deshaun Watson situation. They upped the suspension to 11 games and a $5 million fine. I have not been online too much. I imagine a lot of people are not happy still, but, um, I, 11 games is basically double what he had so it's something it's something but when you consider that the 12th game is uh against houston at houston to play against his former team that's uh doesn't leave a great taste in your mouth if you're going to double the suspension but not double it fully and you see the the reason maybe why it's just kind of gross well i heard somebody make the point that you know, in order for your contract to toll, so for it to count and move to the next year, you have to play at least six games or at least be on a roster for six games or whatever. And this would thus allow him to do that. Obviously, the timing, though, is pretty pretty nuts that, that this is the game that the opponent that he would face in Houston, of course. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, what, I mean, what? That, yes. Uh, just one last thing on that is, you know, there's an argument to be made that the punishment should be that the contract tolls, you know, that, that the, the contract does toll is kind of a reward because he's supposed to make $40 million next year. Right. The $5 million fine is nothing. He's only going to, he's only, his salary this year is only $1 million. So even though he's missing however many games, you know, really the fine is $6 million for a guy who the following year has over 40 million guaranteed and has that not over 40 for the next several years. So he'll be fine financially, but he still won't be playing for the first 11 games this year. Um, wait, I didn't even look at the schedule. Does this mean we're the Washington? Oh no. What am I talking about? Yeah, no. So he, we, they will play Washington though. If he's, if he's, if he's available, um, he'll be, the suspension will be over. Cause that's what the, 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 the next last game of the year. So, um, so doesn't, we'll see him presumably, but, Long way to go before before that happens. Uh, what we will see, though, in, in uh, well, actually, before we get to the, to the game, 
Um, you know, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ben Standing. Matt is at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S. And go read him on the Washington Times. Go check out The Athletic. Um, if you can, of course, I had a couple other podcasts up this week. You can go check those out as well. All right, let's get to some things. We're not going to overcomplicate this. I, I, I came up with a few topics for us to discuss for this game based on some things that are happening this week, things we want to see, whatnot. I guess let's start with the obvious one. Carson Wentz, you might have heard of him. Uh, basic question is, what do we need to see out of him as if we're the ones uh, in, in charge of the world? What, what would you like to see out of, out of Carson Wentz, who you know, was effective in the last game? 10 of 13, but only for 74 yards, didn't connect on much deep, but, you know, also avoided turnovers. He he, he led the, the third possession was a touchdown, uh, a lot of Brian Robinson on that drive, but whatever. Um, what do you think, what do you, what's for you? What's like the one thing or two things that you want to see out of Wentz this week? Well, I think the first one is obvious is for him just to stay healthy. You know, Washington's offensive line is at the point where, you know, they're probably going to have three backups in uh, at least, you know, both guard spots and then, center chase really is going to be on a pitch count. So uh, beyond that obvious one, you know, I would like to see some intermediate stuff. I'd like to see him spread the ball a little bit uh, around a little more. It really seems like he was um, hitting the Armani Rogers connection really heavy uh, for five of those targets. So, you know, I'd like to see him go to Terry a little more, Curtis Samuel uh, and Jahan Dotson too. He only had one target, which was kind of wiped out by a holding penalty against Carolina. So, that said, you know, it's a, uh, as people are making drinks in the back here, if it's loud, but uh, that said, it's the preseason. So, you know, we might probably won't see any of those things. Yeah. So Rivera said today, ideally the, the starters would play the first half. He also said that they'll have to make that decision if that's feasible because primarily on offense, because of the offensive line situation um, at today, at Thursday's practice. So Charles Leno was out with an excused absence, apparently, which meant they put Cornelius Lucas at left tackle. They had Sadiq Charles at left guard, Chase Rui at center, Aaron Montero at right guard. If you've not heard of Aaron Montero, don't worry. Neither of half the people on the beat. He's a guy that's there for camp practices. He's not a real roster hopeful as far as any of us would think. And then Sam Cosme. And like you said, Rui would is not going to play the whole time, so Keith Ishmael would probably come in. Um, yeah, that that's a potentially dicey situation, and you know it's unfortunate. Now it, it sounds like Rivera may play the starters in the last game, but he didn't last year, uh, so we'll see what happens this week. But yeah, keeping Wentz upright is important for the health aspect. But also, I know Rivera said after the last game that like one thing he wished the offense had done would, would have been hit on a long pass down the field. Wentz was mostly underneath. I've been saying it sort of was sort of an Alex Smithian like performance. Uh, but you bring Carson Wentz in to get the ball down the field. Um, you know, he's been sporadic with that in camp in practice, but he has hit John Dotson. He had, they had a long connection on in Wednesday's practice and he's hit some other guys as well. So that would be big, but you got to have time to do that. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that's the biggest thing uh, either way, almost regardless of what happens, I'm not going to hopefully, panic and, and neither should you or i'm not going to go the other way and say wow they've solved all their problems but at the same time seeing a, a, a good hit down the field would be would be big just let me ask you this so we can sw then switch to somebody else what think about where you were going into camp with wentz and then tell me where you are now 
do you feel as confident or at the same level you were at before more less about the same um, i'm probably where i was at the beginning of camp at you know a few first days into camp i thought it was going to be a lot worse than i was expecting the accuracy was kind of really all over the place he wasn't really consistent but it seems like he's kind of turned a corner here lately um to where i think you know i, I was talking to santana moss he uh, just kind of on the sideline and we were kind of chatting about how Wentz is a guy that when he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold, he's really cold. So, I, you know, that, that's kind of been the story of his career. And so I, I think, you know, we'll see those consistent and inconsistent uh, streaks during the season. Yeah, and I will say that while last week's performance was, you know, not the full Wentz package, that he was willing to take the balls underneath, I think it's potentially, you could argue, a sign of progress because part of the issue that he's had in his career, particularly last year with the Colts was this notion of playing hero ball, not taking those layups to running backs and tight ends or whatever underneath. Now it works in tandem with getting the ball down the field, but you know, there's something to be said for that as well. So we won't ignore that, but nonetheless, um, that's kind of where at with, with, with went. Um, l- let's go to the offensive line or actually, I forgot what I told you we'll, we'll, we'll do next, but let's go to the offensive line. Um, did I put that on our agenda? Hold on. You did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Here was, yeah. So here's a question. Bigger injury concern right now, the offensive line or the tight end? Now, just to lay it out, here's the deal. We just mentioned the offensive line. So basically their top three guards are all out, and we'll see about that. And I'm not just talking about this game, but in general. Then you have the tight end room. <laughs> I mean, Lordy, at the start of training camp, you had Antonio Gandy Golden. He retired. You had Samus Reyes. He was just put on IR this week. You had John Bates, who basically hasn't played much at all in camp. And you had Cole Turner, who's now been out roughly two weeks with a hamstring injury, on top of Logan Thomas already being out. That leaves you with, oh, also, uh, Curtis Hodges, who was, you know, uh, he's been a fun player throughout this offseason and in the camp. He's not missed, he's not practiced the last two days. That has left them with Armani Rogers, an undrafted free agent who played quarterback last year in college, and Eli Wolf, who joined the team during camp that's their tight end room so but whether for this game or the long haul which is which situation is more alarming or concerning for you the offensive line injuries or the tight end injuries i think the offensive line injuries because of that long haul aspect you know we talked to cole turner the other day and uh said he'd probably be back in a week or two he's coming along we've seen you know turner and um bates just do stuff on the sideline kind of doing uh, slow footwork here and there. You know, it seems like they're kind of ramping up. Uh, the, the offensive line, it's been a lot more quiet. You know, we've seen Andrew Norwell, who's missed this week of practice, just on the bike, not doing much. We haven't even really seen Trey Turner, who's been out pretty much all camp, um, dealing with a quad injury. And then Weich, Wes Weichler, it, it sounded pretty ominous the other day with Rivera saying he was a little bit concerned. We probably should have followed up today. And asking if he was any more optimistic after they got the results back or after he was further evaluated. Um, but it seems like if we're talking about which of these injuries can maybe affect Washington going into the season, uh, I think the offensive line is probably a little bit more to worry about. Yeah, let, let, let's stay with that for a second because, you know, we we only know what Rivera tells us with regards to the injuries. And 
whether we're talking about these guards or the or the tight end, we're not quite sure, but nothing sounds particularly problematic long term. So let's just assume to a certain extent that everybody shows back up here at some point. Maybe it's not till week one, but at some point here. I don't know. We don't, you know, everybody's just assuming that the offensive line will be good because John Matsko is a good offensive line coach, but you know, injuries, the, Norwell and Schweitzer and Trey Turner all have injury histories. I think Turner played all 17 games last year, but he's not done that typically in his career. He's also not been the pro bowl level player that he had been earlier in his career the last couple of years, which is why he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Schweitzer, who has been solid whenever he's replaced Brandon Scherf, has also missed a bunch of games. Is there a world? So the other day, they played Sam Cosme at right guard and Cornelius Lucas at right tackle with Leno at left tackle. Is there a world in which it actually makes sense to do that for real? Because Lucas has been pretty solid when he's played. And there are people who think that Cosme would be better off long-term at guard than tackle. Obviously, guard's more not as valuable as tackle. So you do have to factor in sort of the bigger picture aspect but in terms of this year they're throwing they're putting so much investment into getting Carson Wentz as to succeed as much as possible and now that we've already gone through all of camp and none, and these guys are well Turner in particular Trey Turner has not been playing I don't know I'm, I'm just now that it's here now that we've gotten to the point where they actually did it one day I'm I'm, I'm mentally open to that scenario yeah, it's an interesting thought but I think the only reason I would push back against that is as a rookie, Sam Cosme showed a lot at tackle. He was probably the best player on the rookie class when he was healthy. And so, you know, I'd like to see him develop at that spot a little bit more. You know, he he's more of a natural right tackle. I know he played it at um, tech, I know he played it on the left side at Texas, but he also played the right side and he was a right tackle in high school as well. So, you know, I, I do think that spot is right for him. They do have size at the guard spots for backups. If, let's say City Charles has to play. You know, it's gotten to the point where I was kind of wondering what uh, Eric Flowers was doing. If maybe Washington would reach back out to him. I think I would rather go that route, trying to bring, say, Flowers back than just immediately kick Cosme to guard. But yeah, if, if these guys were hurt really long term or if they were missing a first half of the season, then I'd say, sure, throw Cosme in there and have Lucas there. But I think just as a patchwork solution, I'd still rather get by with Chris Paul at guard for a week and City Charles for a guard um, for a week than just move Cosme there. Well, what was interesting today and kind of throughout camp is even with all these injuries, they still didn't move Chris Paul to the to the ones. Right. Now, I think he's played pretty decently in camp, so I'm not suggesting he's been poor, but today would have been a perfect opportunity to do what you just said, and they didn't do that, which either leads me to think, they don't want to rush him or, you know, Taylor Heineke also needs to get protected, which is, which is reasonable, but you know, and which by the way, that's another variable here. The more guys you have to push into the front line means more random backup, more random linemen for Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell. But in any event, I guess, I mean, look, I don't pretend that I'm one of these offensive line gurus. So if we rank their offensive linemen, I don't know, know definitively that Cornelius Lucas is, is top five over Trey Turner or Wes Schweitzer. I'm just just putting it out there. That's all, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. And I wonder if for this game, they think they actually need to do that to help give Carson Wentz the best chance they can. And if they do that, does that does that put a thought in their head? Um, we'll, 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 uh, we'll see about that. As far as tight end goes, I mean, I'm curious to see what Armani Rodgers does here. 
Um, you know, he he he's looked pretty. I, if I say good, like I don't want to make it sound like he's a he's he's shown to be an NFL starter, but he's shown potential um, throughout practice over the last ten days or so, and in that game. So you know, I have him as my fourth tight end if they keep four, uh, which they may not, but if they do, that's what I have. And uh, you know, it's an unbelievable. Right now, he's the starter. So uh, you know, imagine imagine if I told you that a month ago. Armani yeah. Rogers is the starting tight end in the second preseason game. You'd be like, uh, right? Whoa. It was. It's weird because Cole Turner played against uh, Rogers in college. You know, Turner went to Nevada, and um, Rogers played at UNLV. So he's used to seeing Rogers kind of sling it, and that that hasn't. You know, now they're running routes kind of side by side together. So uh, yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> it's quite the quite the twist. Yeah, bonkers. Uh, speaking of twists, we had a big one this week with Antonio Gibson. Uh, Great segue. Ultimate professional. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, he has this week he was playing on special teams. He did some punt protection work one day, and then the next day was with the returners. And today, you know, Ron Rivera was like, oh, you know, everybody's got to be available for special teams and. You know, you guys just don't see it because during, you know, once we once they close practices that we only get the first 10 or 15 minutes, we don't we don't know what they do. And that's fair. But I've been here the last two training camps and I don't remember Antonio Gibson, certainly not last year, being involved in special teams. And I would say in this training camp prior to the fumble, he was not on special teams. So, you know, we they can say whatever they want, but this is clearly a, a, a move to say we're open to the a possibility that Brian Robinson ends up being our main back on early downs. And that third running back, whether it was a Jared Patterson or one of these guys is going to have to um, do some special teams work. Now Gibson's not going anywhere. He's safe on the roster. I'm not, let's just not go there, but there is a possibility that he ends up doing, um, doing these things. Now I'd be stunned if he plays special teams in this game, just for the injury aspect alone. But that said, what on a scale of you know one to ten? Where are you at on the Antonio Gibson actually plays special teams this year? Uh like a seven or an eight. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I do think it's you know I think it's a lot higher than it was. I mean maybe they don't do it consistently. I, I think there's a possibility that maybe he plays special teams and is still the first or second down back. I, I think the special teams aspect too of it would be if I had to he'd be much more of a returner to me if that's his if, if they're going to throw him out there in that I think he's more likely to play returner than necessarily be that slot blocker that's really jarring to see on, on the punt team um so yeah I mean that that's kind of where I, I don't know like I, I would still pick Gibson ahead of Brian Robinson right now to start week one but uh, he he's in the doghouse like he did. He appeared to be, but now he definitely is. Fumbles are an issue, and just Rivera's comments. I know he tried to downplay him playing special teams, but you know, he threw uh, Rivera softball to say, "Hey, how'd you think Antonio responded to this week?" And he gave a very lukewarm answer. It was just like, you know, it's his job to go out there. Basically, it wasn't a, "Oh, Antonio is really taking this to heart and has learned so on and so forth." It was. It was a very lukewarm phrase, and uh, that he, I, he's got to show them something uh, going into the next couple of weeks here. We should ask the person making the drinks what they think. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, 
the um yeah I'm, i think i'm kind of with you on, on all that i mean look we've been talking about you know go months ago the idea of this team looking to get another running back in part because as dynamic as gibson can be at times he's just not very consistent or at least he hasn't been to date and you know it's hard to be not that they want to necessarily be a ball control offense but that's what worked for them best last year and it was hard to replicate that when you have a guy who not only has he been injured but i mean he played through a lot of injuries but it was limited clearly when he had some of the injuries but then you have the fumbles and let's not forget multiple times last year they benched him for a series or two after fumble so it's not like he it's not like this is completely out of the blue that said i would still um you know peg him to be the lead back but i think brian robinson's you know, more he's more decisive, more consistent. He's had a history of not fumbling the ball at Alabama. So I think I'm with you like the 70% or so range because at some point it just feels like Gibson, where we are now, will have that moment. Now, if he goes eight games and then he fumbles, I mean that may be a different deal, but you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And if you're and if like if you do the sort of the math on a roster, like I said, there's only so many guys who are gonna play special teams. Right. So the third running back, like Garrett, if it was if like last year with Jared Patterson, he's playing special teams. So you kind of pencil that guy in to do it. And that's where this is a thing. But uh, to your point, we don't know who the returners will be. And it's possible that Gibson or Robinson ends up being that guy, at least in some nominal way. It just, you know, a week ago, I don't think any of us were thinking Antonio Gibson. And uh, now here, now uh, <laughs> here we are. What a wacky uh, uh, world. Um, just quick while we're here on the running backs. Give me the quick uh, take here. A, do you think they keep a fourth running back? And B, if they do, is it Jared Patterson or Jonathan Williams? I think it's Jonathan Williams. You know, I, Jared Patterson has kind of had a nice camp lately. He shows that speed. But speaking of special teams, you notice more uh, of Williams out there in that slot blocker role that I mentioned earlier. When Gibson isn't in there, it's Jonathan Williams. Um, it seems like in the rotation, so to speak, Williams almost go almost always goes before Patterson. And so, um, yeah, I would lean Jonathan Williams. And he played oh, a lot more. If you go back to his numbers after J.D. McKissick got hurt, he played the last five games. He had 17 carries. Um, he was part of this team in a little bit bigger of a role than I kind of noticed uh, at the end of last season. So I think they like him, and he, he's had a really good camp. Yeah, I I, I I like him a lot too. If they had never drafted Brian Robinson, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, there's a guy that that runs hard who will do some of those, you know, interior running things um, that they're looking for. But yeah, I just, you know, again, we'll have to see what the injuries look like at tight end and offensive line or anything else. It's hard to keep four running backs if you're keeping three quarterbacks, ten defensive linemen, ten or eleven defensive backs, et cetera. So we'll see. But I'm with you. I think Jonathan Williams would be my answer uh, as it stands right now um speaking of a guy like a jonathan williams who are who give us give everybody a name of a sleeper or some you know deep cut roster guy that you're keeping an eye on for this game or you would tell people you know what i think this guy's got uh, he's got a shot that maybe we just don't talk about enough oh jonathan williams was going to be my answer for this well, that's fine <laughs> that's fine yeah, John, jonathan allen there jonathan allen <laughs> yeah jonathan allen you know the they're starting yeah, defensive that guy. tackle. He, he, he's, 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 got, he's, he's got a shot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jonathan Williams would be uh, in the receivers. Dax Millen, I think, has had a, also a nice camp. And he, he did some stuff in last Saturday's game. Maybe he can build on that. 
Besides that, defensively, I'm trying to think. Daniel well, Wise had a really nice opener against Carolina, but, you know, uh, William Bradley King has really flashed all of camp, so let's go with William Bradley King. He didn't really make the roster last year, but maybe he's a guy that steals one of those end spots. Yeah, I, I've got him on my, my the, the 53 I just put out, so I like that one. Um, Somebody I didn't have on my 53, and – I'm just saying uh, I'm going to keep an eye on him at least is uh, Steven Parker, one of the, the safety oh, they just picked up. One. They um, picked up during camp. I mean, you know, he just looks fluid out there. Seems like he's been around the ball a bunch. He's got experience too. I mean, not like a ton, but he's played in the league for a few years. And when you consider that the, the backup safeties are currently Percy Butler and Derek Forrest, two guys who basically, you know, Forrest only played on special teams a little bit last year and Butler as a rookie, you know, having a little experience would help. Now, I, I grant you Jeremy Reeves has played as well, but obviously, as we know, Jeremy Reeves is always the 54th guy, it seems like. So, you know, uh, I'll just be curious to see what what happens there with Parker. Um, that's just a name to uh, to keep in mind. I also just say for fun with the return games. They seem to be giving Kyrick McGowan a lot of work at receiver and returner. Now, he seems like he's behind Dax Mill and Alex Erickson. But today, Nate Catcher was like, hey, you know, look, anybody who's back there is in the mix. So, you know, if somebody has a good return, then, you know, that could be, you know, kind of the thing. So we'll, we'll see um, how that goes. Um, last one for me here. All the coordinators talked this week. Scott Turner Tuesday, then Jack Del Rio, then Nate Katzer. Um I did talk a little bit earlier in the week about Scott Turner going down from the booth to the field to call games, but whether it's that or something else, was there anything that any of the coordinators said for you that was interesting? Yeah, I would stick with the the booth uh, from the booth to the sideline. I think it kind of shows how they're trying to accommodate Wentz. You know, Wentz didn't specifically ask for that, but if you look at his history in Philadelphia and Indianapolis, obviously he had coaches who were the, primary play caller and they stood on the sideline and so you know trying to ease that transition trying to smooth it along I think by doing that by having you know Wentz likes his control the guys in Philadelphia really said that his personality was a type a person so if he can go to Scott Turner on the sideline and give direct feedback we've seen that in practice I think it's another tool another resource for him to do so and so I, I think that'll ultimately make a difference as much as I'm disappointed that maybe Jack Del Rio didn't say anything of uh, note. <laughs> right. Del, Del Rio was, was pretty close to the best. Although since we haven't mentioned a lot about defense, I think obviously a guy we're all going to pay attention to in this game is Jamin Davis. And, you know, Del Rio is the latest person to say, look, I don't take Del Rio as somebody who's going to blow sunshine up. You know what, if he doesn't feel, but he said some pretty good things about Jamin Davis, his confidence, um, being there and, you know, watching him play. And when he, and just, I've said this before, when he's come in and spoken with us, I think you can see the confidence as well. So that's obviously going to be a huge one to watch in general, uh, for sure. Uh, but just in terms of the coordinators, I'll, I'll, I'll give Nate Cantor a little love here today. And that's in part because Troy Apke was, we know was, was released the other day. And there's always been this discussion of like, why is Troy Apke still on this roster? Well, it's because he plays special teams and he does it at a pretty good clip, according to the guy who's running the show. They decided, though, that he, he said the decision wasn't his, that it was, you know, Rivera's or the personnel department. And, you know, it is what it is. But the question then is, well, who's replacing 
Apke as, as one of the gunners. Cam Sims is one. What else? And he mentioned that it's certain guys who have certain roles, namely fast guys who don't start or are not in the main high rotation spots. And he specifically mentioned Percy Butler and Christian Holmes. And, uh, you know, Percy Butler was a big time special teams player in college. He right now looks like he's behind Derek Forrest as sort of that Buffalo nickel. So that could be where Percy Butler sort of breaks into the league first. And then you have, he also mentioned Christian Holmes, who's sort of in that battle for one of the last cornerback spots. So I think that's a couple of things to keep an eye on in particular. But if Butler, if they can get something out of Butler there, I know a fourth round pick for special teams. They did that in 2018. And that guy just got cut having flamed out on defense. I'm not, we're not there with Percy Butler, but I'm just saying that, you know, the fourth round pick for, for special teams isn't ideal. But if that's where he has to start, so be it. He was a really good special teamser in college. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give, you know, that, that's my special teams talk for, for, for camp. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, it's, I, I'm interested if they're going to keep a sixth corner. And if they do, are they going to keep 11 defensive backs? Where does the math? I know you only have 10 in your uh, projection. But... I had a, I had a 11 defensive one? backs. I had, I, oh, no, wait. No, you had five safety. You're right. I had 10. Correct. Correct. Five. Plus five is ten. Look, it's been a it's been a long week. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and those things are always fluid, and that's the thing. Like special teams is is you know, like if that's the variable, like that's the thing. If we were counting Apke as a special as a defensive back, I mean, you have to put him somewhere. There's no special teams alone category except for the kicker, punter, snapper. Maybe we should almost do that, right? <laughs> like if an Apke had stuck, we just put him with the specialists because he's not really yeah. playing defense. Um, all right. Well, look, so, uh, would you, would you want to make a, a prediction on the game? No, I'm just kidding. Um, by the way, so I, I, I should have said this earlier. It sounds like the chiefs intend to play their offensive starters the first half, or at least, you know, until a point that Andy Reid is satisfied. So obviously if you're facing Patrick Mahomes for any length of time, that will be quite the challenge. We'll see what they can do. I think Washington secondary has been solid. Certainly they've been, you know, arguably the best unit in camp. But, you know, we also saw what happened on third down last week, and Patrick Mahomes is a different a different deal. So, I'm going to give you a random prediction for this game. Sure. So, I, I looked it up, right? Last year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 14 snaps in the opener against New England, 23 snaps the following week in the preseason against Cincinnati. By those, by that logic, I'm going to inverse it. Wentz, 22 snaps against Carolina, which means he'll play 13 snaps uh, this weekend and only a drive or two. There you have it. There you go. Well, Ron Rivera won't be happy if that's accurate, but he may not have a choice if the offensive line is uh, where it's at. So we will see about that. Um, All right, go read Matt at the Washington Times. He's at Matthew underscore Paris on Twitter. I'm at Ben Standing, and of course, you can go check out my work on The Athletic. Um, I'll have a a, sort of a longer version of what we just did here on the site in the morning. Um, but that is it for now. Thanks for checking out the podcast until next time. 